Hi, and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration, and encouragement using the Word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome, everyone, and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. And of course, I am none other than your host, Arlena. And if this is your first time, welcome. And if not, welcome back. I pray that each and every one of you are in the best of health, best of strength, and most importantly, in the best of spirits, especially with everything that is going on out there. We must indeed truly hold on to the living God and his son, Jesus Christ. And as always, before beginning, I'd like to start by giving all thanks, all praises, all honor and all glory to Father God Almighty, his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Because without them, I am nothing. But because of Christ Jesus, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, including this podcast, as well as this podcast episode, and as well as ministry. I'd also like to take some time out real quickly to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening, hitting play, downloading, sharing, commenting, etc. I truly appreciate it. And you know, even to those that just stop by just to see what you're doing, not that they really support, but nonetheless, I thank each and every one of you. I also would like to take some time out to, you know, send out I guess, prayers to the parents, teachers, students, and of course, the families of those who, you know, lost loved ones during the Uvalde massacre, more or less you can say, shooting. And, you know, my heartfelt prayers truly go out to each and every one of you, death is never easy. And especially, it's one thing, you know, if you're sick and you know you're going to die, it's, it's different. But when you wake up one day and especially as a kid, you're just going to school, not knowing that you might not even make it back home because there's some sick person out there that might be lurking somewhere around the corner just waiting to pull the trigger and end their lives it's truly sad and it's sad on on all levels 
Only God in heaven knows what this young man was going, you know, what was going through. Only God in heaven knows. Only God in heaven knows. But my heartfelt prayers and condolences go out to each and every one, you know, who was involved in whatever form or fashion, whether they lost someone, whether they were in class and they witnessed that massacre. Because, yeah, I could, you know, I could only imagine. Because, yeah. It's, it, there's not even words, but anyway, I also like to take some time out to wish each and every one of you a happy Memorial Day. Yes, today is May 30th and it is Memorial Day and time now is currently 4.34 p.m. Yes, I'm at home, so I decided to take this opportunity and record this episode because, yeah, a lot has been coming to me. And I have to try to keep up because sometimes there's so much coming. And if I don't keep up, I would have a ton of stuff just sitting there. So I decided, yeah, even though it's a holiday from the outside work, it's not a holiday from ministry. So once again, happy Memorial Day to each and every one of you. You know, be safe by the time you hear this episode. It'll be sometime tomorrow. But yes, it is recorded today. And also... Where where I am at, the temperature is currently 84 degrees. So if you can hear my fan in the background, yeah, I'm not taking one for the team. It is hot in here. It is hot. So basically my AC would be on, but yeah, um, I can't put it on because I'm currently recording. And actually it is beautifully sunny outside. And I am, and actually I was going to record outside, but. When I got outside with all my equipment, smart me forgot my SD card. And by the time I had to climb those three flights of stairs, I'm like, and plus the ones in my house, I said, I ain't going back outside. So I just decided to stay indoors and record this episode. And actually, I am sitting at my quiet time desk downstairs. And normally I would record it upstairs at my production desk. But today it's being recorded downstairs at my quiet time desk and I love my quiet time desk because oh my goodness that's where I spend quiet time with the Lord I don't sit here all the time to spend quiet time a lot of times my quiet time is done at the kitchen table and I designed this space with the help of God um specifically was for that but I'm still stuck at the kitchen table because I've been at the kitchen table for so long so a lot of times I am at the kitchen table but whenever you see I do sit at this desk because the way I have it set up it is just oh my god it's just it's just it's just beautiful and it's like I can sit here forever and just get lost with the Lord I mean what better way so that's where this episode is being recorded right now as I am speaking I am currently sipping on some Roses, hibiscus, and berries tea. Now, this is a new tea that I found last week, and I said, let me give it a try. And I truly love it. And of course, I have apple cider vinegar, equal cough drop, and of course, also a slice of lemon. So that's what's in my cup in this episode. So yes, the name and title of today's 
episode is going to be a special one. And this kind of looks like a, a series because um, some of the stuff that has been coming from it, it appears to be a series. So at this point, the name of this series is probably going to be A Good Woman or A Good Wife. So the name and title of today's episode is A Woman of Good Understanding. And this is episode number 093. So sit back, relax, grab yourself your favorite hot or ice cold beverage. And if you're like me here and where it's 84 degrees, I don't think you want to get any tea. But yeah, I'm just going to have some tea because yeah, it kind of helps me. And join me back here in a few minutes as we get started. So I'll see you back in a few. Are you looking to spice up your quiet time with the Lord? Well, guess what? I might just have the right thing to help you. There is nothing better than spending quality, intimate time with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and of course, in His Word. For many of us, this might look differently, especially from day to day. Check out my 20-piece Digital Quiet Time Bible Study Bundle. It comes with six topical scripture writing plans to encourage and uplift you, as well as to help you get into the Word and closer to the Lord. You also get a Word Study Worksheet along with a Word Study List featuring 40 words in the Bible to help you get started with your Word Study Bible Study. The bundle also features my acronym prayer model sheet and instructions on how to use it and many other goodies. If you're ready to dig deeper or to get started or simply a way to boost or spice up your Bible study quiet time, well then check out my 20 piece digital quiet time Bible study bundle and other digital Bible study resources at Jahira Print Shop. The link will be featured in the description box. And as always, I'd like to take this time out to say thank you to each and every one of you. And I do hope and pray that you be blessed. You are listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast with yours truly, Arlena. Stay tuned. Okay, so welcome back. I hope you were able to grab yourself either something hot or cold, depending on where you're at. So yes, so let's get started. So like I said, once again, the name and title of today's episode is A Good Woman, A Woman of Good Understanding. And the character that will be featured today is none other than the story of Miss Abigail. In today's Episode is taken and inspired from 1 Samuel 25, starting with verse 2 to 44. And that's where her story can be found in the Bible. Abigail was a woman who lived in Maon. 
She was the wife of a very rich businessman by the name of Nabel. And of course, Nabel owned a business in Carmel. Nabel was like what we would say back home in the Caribbean. He was a well-to-do man. Or like the late Kevin Samuels would say, he was a high-value man. The Bible tells us that he owned 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. Now, that was big stuff now. Back in them days, that was some big stuff. The Bible also tells us that his wife, Abigail, was a woman of good understanding and of beautiful appearance. In other words, she was beautiful. So she didn't just have looks. She was also a woman of good understanding. So you know that clearly was a woman of God. The Bible also tells us that her husband Nabal was harsh and evil in his doings. He was from the house of Caleb. And this is added actually to aggravate his crime. That he was a degenerate branch of that noble stock of Caleb and consequently of the tribe of Judah, just as David was. Now, for those of you who may not remember who Caleb was, Caleb was one of the 12 spies that was sent in to scope out the promised land. And out of the 12, only two came back with a positive report or a good report and of course that was Caleb and the other one was Joshua the Bible tells us that when David heard that Nabal was sharing his sheep in the wilderness he sent 10 of his young men to Carmel to go to Nabal David also told his men to greet Nabal in his name when they had arrived and David told him exactly what to say to him. In 1 Samuel 25, I'll be reading from verse 6 to 8, reading from the King James Version. And this is what David said for them to tell him. Peace be to you, peace to your house, and peace to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shearers, your shepherds were with us, and we did not hurt them, nor was there anything missing from them all the while they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand, to your servants, and to your son David. So as we can see here, David sent his men with this wonderful message to take to Nabal. And he was very respectful, even referring to him as your son, David. So clearly, Nabal was older than David. He could have been like a father to him and probably some of his men as well. When Nabal's shepherds were with David and his men, they looked out for them. They did not hurt 
his shepherds. And neither did they take anything from Nabal's men. David and his men treated Nabal's shepherds fairly and quite kindly. They also treated Nabal's shepherd with tremendous kindness. And that's what good people do, especially when they love and have the heart of God. You help your fellow man in need, right? I guess not. But let's continue. Now here was the very same David who looked out for Nabal's shepherds, asking for a little something to eat for both himself and his men. He wasn't even demanding anything great. He just was like, whatever your hand can spare, he was thankful for. He would, you know, David would have been thankful for as well as his men. David, you know, probably thought that he would find favor with Nabal, especially after how he had protected his shepherds. And, you know, one would think that Nabal would be grateful and help David and his men. Now, I am sure that you have met people who are just like Nabal, the fool. Instead of them extending gratitude for your good, they pay you evil for your good. Well, that is exactly what Nabal did to David. He repaid him evil for his kindness and for his good. Nabal, a man of means, and who had it in affordance, refused to give David and his men any type of help. David wasn't even asking for much. And he respectfully asked if he would give whatever comes to his hand. Whether it be great or small, David would have been content, just like his men would have been content. And this is what Nabal had to say. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is this son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away, each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my sharers and give it to men when I do not know where they are from? So David's young men turned on their heels, the Bible tells us in verse 12, and went back. And they came and they told him all these words. In verse 13, it says, Then David said to his men, Every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword. And David also girded on his sword. And about 400 men went with David. And 200 stayed with the supplies. David's men went back to him empty-handed with word of what Nabal said. When David heard Nabal's response, he became angered, and rightfully so. Because after all, he helped this man. 
and all he was asking was just for a little something, and not even that he would extend to him. And it wasn't like he couldn't afford it. And when David heard Nabal's response, he gathered all his men and headed out to kill Nabal and his entire household. David was extremely angry, angry, excuse me. And at this point, he was out for blood. To be specific, he was out for Nabal's blood. And that of his entire household. One of Nabal's young servants, who was probably present, went to Abigail and told her exactly what happened. He told her exactly how her husband reviled David's men instead of assisting them. The young man also told her how good David was to them when they were in the field together with David and his men. Now in verse 16, this is what it says. They were a wall to us both by night and day. All the time we were with them keeping the sheep. And that's what the servant said to Abigail, meaning they protected them day and night all the while they were tending to Nabal's sheep. In today's lingo, one would say they were looking out for us or they had our backs. Now, you know, today's difficult to have people looking out for you, much less have your back. And here was David and his men looking out for this man and his shepherds. Nabal's servant pleaded with Abigail to intercede because harm was about to come to Nabal and his entire household, including himself. And Abigail, if David did not come to his senses quickly because David meant business. This was no joking matter. David was about to spill some serious blood. I like the way Nabal's servant referred to his master in verse 17. Here's what he said. And this is what he said to Abigail, his mistress. Now, therefore, know and consider what you will do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a scoundrel that one cannot speak to him. Do you know people like Nabal? They are extremely difficult and hard to talk to. They have no type of understanding. They think they're always right. If he was only difficult to talk to, one would probably not even mind. However, the Bible tells us that he was evil in his doings. He was not just a fool. He was also a wicked man. Made him more so a fool. Abigail jumped into action immediately upon hearing this. She did not waste any time or any words. The Bible told us she rose up and gathered 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep, roasted grain, a hundred clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs and loaded them on donkeys and met David as he was on his way to destroy Nabal and his entire household. What I like about Nabal's servant, in addition to 
Abigail, Nabal's servant was very observant. And it also caused him to act quickly. He knew both his master and his mistress. He knew them both. He knew his master was not a reasonable man. However, he also knew that Abigail was a woman of not just beauty. She was also a woman of brains who had good understanding. Nabal, being the fool that he was, did not even realize or give a second thought of what he had done by insulting David, paying him evil for good. Nabal's foolish, selfish, and wicked decision was not only about to cost him his life, it was also about to affect his entire household, including his innocent wife and servants. And that's usually a fool. They never think about anyone but themselves. The Bible tells us that when Abigail saw David, she quickly came down from her donkey and fell on her face before him. Abigail took a posture of humility and mercy before David. This is what she said, reading from verse 24 to 28. She says here, On me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. Please, let not my Lord regard this scoundrel Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then, let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as Nabal. And now this present, which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord, and evil is not found in you throughout your days. Abigail sought David's forgiveness and mercy for the stupidity and wickedness of her evil, wicked, and foolish husband's actions against him. And, you know, she said, let the sin be on her. She took it upon herself, her own head. David later blessed the Lord for sending Abigail to him because he was about to make one of the biggest mistakes of his life. He would have ruined everything. God's plan and purpose of the Messiah coming from his bloodline. With the help of God, Abigail was able to calm the situation through quick thinking and intervention. She was also able to encourage and comfort David with her wise words. And she was able, with the help of God, to help him to see that he would be throwing everything away on an old, foolish man. It wasn't worth it. 
what God had destined for David's life was far more greater than the offense and, you know, foolishness that that foolish and wicked Nabal had repaid him. David was able to listen and receive the kind and encouraging words of Abigail. He also received from her hand what she had brought to him and his men. After receiving her peace offering, he said to her, Go up in peace to your house. And when Abigail arrived home, she went to her husband Nabal, who was busy holding a great feast. The difference was, it kind of reminds me of um, King Xerxes in the story of um, Esther. The only difference is, you know, King Xerxes or Ashtoreth, he he had a heart. Not much of a brain. Well, he did. He just didn't use it much. But when he did, he did. But he definitely had a heart. But it kind of reminds me when they were feasting. So here Mr. Nabal was having a big old feast. Like nothing, like nobody's business. Like we say back home in the Caribbean. He feasting like nobody business. The Bible tells us that he was busy feasting. And he was busy feasting as if he were a king or something. Thank God for giving him a good wife and a wife of understanding to help to calm the situation. The Bible tells us that he was merry. He was probably merry from all the bread, food, and of course the wine that he, he had consumed. And of course, the very same bread, food, and wine that he refused to share with David and his men during their time of need. Once again, being the wise woman that she was, instead of telling him what happened then, she decided to wait until the next day when he was sober. In verse 37, it tells us that when she told him the following day what happened, it said his heart died within him and he became like stone. Now, I needed to look this up because I'm like, hmm, what does this mean exactly? Because it tells us here that his heart died within him, which kind of sounds like a heart attack. And then it says, and he became like stone. So I was like, did he turn like a pillar of salt or something? Because I really wanted to know what it meant. Because if you read a little further, he didn't really die then. He died like 10 days later. So I'm like, what exactly does this thing mean? Now, of course, the... You know, the original Bible was transferred from Hebrew and Greek. So, you know, certain things sometimes get a little lost in certain translations. And I was like, what exactly does this mean? So anyway, so I went to do a little digging and a little researching, as I often like to do, because I just kind of like to know stuff. And I really wanted to know, well, what does this mean? So according to Enduring Word Commentary, which is my favorite, by the way, and this is an online commentary, it says here, all which time he lay like a block in his bed without repentance or confidence in God, but condemned of his own conscience, he went to his place without noise. You know where that place was, right? Okay, good. That's the place you go when you leave the earth without Jesus Christ. And it says here, let this be a warning to drunkards. And actually, 
the writer of that particular quote there is trap, but it was taken from the enduring word commentary. And also here it reads, according to Doug Ward, he brings up the Pharaoh of Exodus and how anyone who does, you know, who goes against the servant of God or his children end up with hardened hearts. And of course, then they die. It is a form of their hardened spiritual conditions, regardless of his cause of death. The Hebrews wanted it to be known that if you go against God, you will not survive. You got that right. Only a fool would do that. So I guess from what I have gathered here is that Nabal's heart was hardened. Kind of just like how God hardened Pharaoh's heart in order to destroy him because they were wicked and evil. Now here's a couple of scriptures that deals with a hard heart. In Proverbs 28 verses 14 it reads, and all of these are taken from the New King James Version, and it reads, How blessed is the man who fears always, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. So that's exactly what happened to Nabal. He hardened his heart and he fell into calamity. Because instead of doing good for good, he paid evil for good. Only a fool pays evil for good. When you pay evil for good, you open a curse over your head automatically. They made their hearts like flint so that they could not hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Therefore, great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. And that's Zechariah 7 verses 12. And then we have Romans 2 verses 5, which reads, But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So yes, so because Nabal was stubborn and unrepentant, even after he found out what happened, the righteous judgment of God fell on him. And you know that wasn't too good because there's no surviving that. And Jeremiah 11 verses 8 reads, Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked each one in the stubbornness of his evil heart. Therefore I brought on them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they did not. So these are some of the verses um, pertaining to those with a hard heart. So if you have a soft heart that is after God, give him thanks and praise. Because yeah, I, I don't want to have a hard heart. Not to the point where I end up in hell. Definitely not. It's not worth it. And 10 days later, the Lord struck him and he died. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, in 1 Samuel 25 verses 39, it tells us that he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. Back to Sinda. When it was all said and done, David proposed to Abigail and he took her as his lawful wedded wife. 
He also took Ahinoam of Jezreel as his wife. So Abigail was finally able to get the husband that she truly deserved, King David. What better husband beside Jesus? Let's be real. The real question here is though, how did such a woman of great wisdom and understanding ended up being married to a wicked and foolish man like Nabal? Now, this is the million dollar question. So, you know, I had to go dig in because I'm like, okay, but how did she end up with him? Now, I can see how he ended up with her because she was beautiful. But I'm like, how did she end up with him? But I kind of figured I knew because, I mean, I don't think anybody in their right mind would have married this man unless, you know, maybe, you know, he probably placated himself and then revealed himself once they were in the marriage. But things were different then than they are today, especially in that particular culture. So like I said, I did a little research because I truly wanted to know the answer to this question. Now, some have stated which would make good sense. She either made a mistake or it was an arranged marriage. Now, I do believe it was an arranged marriage because that's the way it was back then. Back in those days, marriages were arranged between men and women, and she was probably married off to him because of his financial status. Because he sure did not have a heart, nor did he have much of a brain. Because David was a servant of the living God and a man after God's own heart, he was able to recognize a good thing when he saw it. And he scooped that up real quick. He didn't waste no time. He didn't even wait for Dable to, you know, to thaw out. And when the opportunity made itself available, David wasted no time. You know, he blessed God and he immediately put his, he put in his request by sending his proposal to Abigail once Nabal was dead. Now, once again, Abigail being the woman of good understanding that she was, she knew when she saw a good thing too. And David was sure a good thing. She understood the vision. She understood and realized that there was a king inside of this man. She saw his virtue and she quickly arose and mounted her donkey along with five of her maidservants and followed David's messengers and became his wife. She wasted no time. Ladies, hmm, please be cautious of who you are going to marry. Is he a man of good understanding? Is he saved? Or is he just safe? There's a big difference. In other words, does he love the Lord? Does he have a true relationship with the master? Now, these are some very important things that each of us need to ask ourselves if we find ourselves in these types of situations, if the opportunity presents itself. Do not marry someone because he's a nice-looking fella. You know, that is nice, that he is nice-looking. But what else does he have going for him besides his looks? Don't marry him because of his economical status, or because he can talk a good talk. Don't look at his house, 
his car, his job, his title, or the letters or acronyms behind his name. Don't even look at his degrees. Just make sure he ain't part of the 33 degrees, if you know what I mean. Instead, look at his walk and his relationship with the Lord. Does he have a heart? And if he does, is it a heart that is after God's own? Or is it a heart that is made out of stone? Thank God that Abigail was a woman of good, godly wisdom and understanding. And thank God she wasn't just a woman of looks. She was also a woman of substance. Who are you married to? Are you married? Are you married to the right or the wrong person? Are you accepting a proposal from the right person? Are you marrying for the right reasons or simply for convenience? Better yet, are you wife material? Are you a woman of good understanding? And if you're like me, you're single. And maybe one day you hope to get married. Make sure to become a woman of godly wisdom, knowledge, character, and understanding. Make sure you are what a good and godly man is looking for in a wife. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Please help us not to accept the hand of a foolish and wicked man. Instead, may we lean on you and not our own understanding when it comes to choosing a spouse and helpmate. In Jesus' name, amen. So now we have arrived at the quote of the episode. And this episode's quote is... Do not get discouraged. It may be the last key on the ring that opens the door. And that's by Stan Siffer. Once again, I'd like to say thank you to each and every one of you for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I pray that this episode or this podcast has been a blessing to you. And indeed, if this episode or this podcast has been a blessing to you, please feel free to share it with others. Please feel free to subscribe to the Words of Encouragement podcast on iTunes.com, Spreaker.com, Podomatic.com. It can also be found on Google Podcasts, CastBox, Player FM, Podacy, Podtail, and Deezer, and everywhere else that podcasts can be heard. If you'd like, you can feel free to like, share, and subscribe on either one of the above-mentioned platforms. Also, please feel free to check out my other podcasts, which is the Nuggets of Thankfulness podcast, which is a devotional audio podcast featured on all podcasting platforms as well. And if you like, you can simply drop me a line at arlenaflanders01 at gmail.com. You can also check out my blog at www.arlenaflanders.wordpress.com. I look forward to being with you on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. Remember, 
as long as there is life, it is never too late to accept Christ. Be blessed. See you in the next episode.